I'm Carly Fiorina, and this is By Example. On this podcast, we sit down with leaders of all types to explore examples of real leadership and the qualities of all great problem solvers. I think we get really confused about what leadership is. On By Example, we lift up the real leaders, people who are focused on changing the order of things for the better and solving real problems that are right in front of them. Leading by example. In the play Romeo and Juliet, written many centuries ago by Shakespeare, one of the characters asks, what's in a word? The truth is, there can be a lot in a word. And sometimes I think we get confused about really important words. One of the words we get confused about, as you know, is leadership. We think it's about power and position and title, and actually it's not about any of those things. It's certainly not about fame, although some leaders are famous. Leadership is about problem solving and changing the order of things for the better. My guest today is someone who thought there was a lot in the word toughness. And he also thought that we had confused that word and that we defined toughness in the wrong way. Jay Billis is a former Duke basketball player, and he is, of course, a very famous current ESPN college basketball broadcaster. He wrote a book on what toughness really means and how we should think about that important word. And so in our conversation today, you're going to hear him talk about the word toughness as well as the word leadership. He's going to talk about the word teamwork and what teamwork really means. And he will talk as well about the vital importance of empathy to leadership. Leaders are always both humble and empathetic because without humility and empathy, they cannot collaborate with others. And without collaboration, problems never get solved. And you'll hear Jay talk about empathy and how it is actually a critical part of toughness. Hello, and welcome to By Example. I'm Casey Enders, CEO of Carly's nonprofit, Unlocking Potential, and I'm joined here today with my co-host and Unlocking Potential's managing director, Jeffrey Richardson. Hi, Casey. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Good. You have your coffee? I wish I did actually do need some. Yeah, maybe we should uh, take a pause so you can get some. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Today we are talking about two pieces of the leadership puzzle that don't, I think, obviously seem to fit together. One is this idea of toughness um, and leadership uh, and toughness and how they relate. And the other idea is collaboration and, and empathy. And we're having that conversation in the context of a discussion, in an interview that Carly had this summer with Jay Billis, who is a basketball commentator uh, and former player. And what I love about what Jay has done is, much like Carly has taken the term leadership and redefined it, I think, in a really productive way. So as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and, and what really forms the foundation of our philosophy here at Unlocking Potential is this idea that leadership is not about title, position, or power, but there's a broad misunderstanding about that. And so we're kind of on a mission here led by Carly to redefine the term. And what Jay's done is he's taken toughness, which I think is another broadly misunderstood term, and he's trying to do the same thing. So 
you know, he wrote this op-ed on ESPN.com a number of years ago, and I was rereading it this morning as we were getting ready for the podcast. And one thing that he says there was, toughness is something I had to learn the hard way and something I had no real idea of until I played college basketball. When I played my first game in college, I thought that toughness was physical and based on how much punishment I could dish out and how much I could take. I thought I was tough. And I think that's right. I think that's how a lot of people think about toughness. It's about me. It's about being immovable. And what Jay has done and what we'll hear about today is he's really taken that term and said, how do we redefine it in a productive way such that people who aspire to be tough really think about and are intentional about what that means in the context of being a leader? Yes, I think I think this conversation is so timely, especially, you know, present day. I think there when I look at pop culture, when I look at media and definitely when I look at politics, I think there's a lot <laughs> of confusion right around um, what it means to be tough and what it means to be strong. Um, and a lot of that is often I think and athletics is a perfect I'm looking forward to hearing this conversation because athletics is a perfect example. Right. We often just look at the external, the physical, you know, um, and don't go below the surface. I think that's exactly right. So to kick us off, let's hear a little bit from Jay uh, from this summer about how he thinks about toughness. You know, I think when I was uh, when I was younger, um, you know, we've all had people that have inspired us to, to do better. Uh, but I don't think I was nearly in tune with with what it took to be a uh, be a great teammate when I was a kid as I should have been. And I've spent, you know, my more of my adult life trying to, to help those that I have influence with to, to be better teammates and to think we instead of me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you, you always you know, talk about having a we first attitude rather than me first attitude. And, and I've, I've taken from a bunch of coaches that I've worked with the idea of we over me, but not exclusive of me. That, that you know, you want a lot of great me's in the room when you've got a, when you want to have a championship team and you don't want to stifle the egos of good players but you you certainly want to have all those good players be mindful that they're not going to do it alone that uh and i had a a friend with with nasa that used to say uh you know this this spacecraft will will not your element of the spacecraft will not fly by itself but the the spacecraft will not fly without your element you know everything goes together and and what element is more important than another in in an airplane or a, a spacecraft uh, there isn't one, but but your element won't fly by itself. And so you have to understand w- what your part is in the whole and, and how important that part is. And so we talk about teach the players, coach the coaches. And we're trying to, to little by little make an impact as best we can. It's been really inspirational for us. But it even go, goes so far, Carly, as, as we bring in, this is something I stole from Mike Krzyzewski, who I've played for and worked for. Uh, right as the camp starts, we bring in some of the custodial crew and we'll introduce them to the players and basically say, these are the people that are in charge of this facility. And they're going to, they're the ones that if you leave a mess here, they're the ones that are going to be cleaning it up. And we want them to know that here's the impact of me not picking up after myself or not picking up after a teammate. Like I can't just walk by somebody's tape that they take off or maybe some Gatorade bottles they leave over in a corner, even though I didn't leave it there, we left it there and we are going to leave this facility the right way. And I, I even talk to the players about um, when they're in hotels. They all play in these summer basketball tournaments where they travel all over the place and they stay in hotels. And you talk to them about uh, when you stay in a hotel, 
are you going to leave your stuff all over the place so that that someone on the cleaning crew has to come in and they're cleaning a hundred rooms that day and they've got to pick up your trash that, that never hits the receptacle your towels are all over the place you know are you going to be that kind of guest or are you going to be the one that says hey whoever's cleaning this up is somebody's dad somebody's mom some would you want your mom or dad to have to clean that up and you know how do you act how what kind of attitude do you bring into that or is it just about you just because you're paying a few bucks to stay in that hotel doesn't mean you can leave it however you want that's not the way this works and you kind of talk to them about it and and the players it's amazing how they when that's emphasized to them and and done in a in a way where you make them conscious of it and appreciate sort of what what that's about how they do it and they embrace it and they they want to please um it, it's really been in in a way heartwarming and then also in a way really inspiring that uh well well you know people my age can sit and complain about the younger generation if they want to uh, these kids will do it if they're asked to do it, and you just have to you just have to ask them and ask them the right way. Well, you're you're leading them. You know, you said so much in in that. First, I often say that problem solving is the purpose of leadership. Mm-hmm. That leaders actually tackle problems, which means you have to challenge the status quo. And no, you can't solve everything, but you can make things better, and that's what you're doing. You're solving a problem. You're making things better. I think. Also, I mentioned the word humility before, but you've talked a lot about, you've demonstrated humility just today, but as well throughout your life. But you've also talked a lot about empathy. And in fact, in one speech that you gave or an interview that you gave, uh, you were asked if you had to boil leadership down to one word, what word would you pick? And you picked the word empathy. I think humility and empathy are essential to leadership, but they're not what people necessarily think of when they think about toughness and leadership. So talk about empathy and why it's so important. Because when you're talking to those young players about the cleaning crew, you're trying to teach them empathy. Think about what someone else is doing and think about your impact on someone else. Why is that important? Well, I, General Martin Dempsey, the, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, has said uh, numerous times to me, and, and uh, it's been part of his, uh, you know, a book he recently wrote called uh, Radical Inclusion, that the, the, the most important elements of leadership to him are character, competence, and humility. And he, he might even put humility number one, but, but you know, character is probably self-explanatory, but you, you have to be competent and be an expert in your field. But you, you have to understand, I think, the, the, where you fit in the whole and the fact that you're there to serve as, as a leader. You're there to serve others. And to understand what everyone around you and within your charge is going through uh, is really important. And, you know, for, even for me, as a, you know, like I, I sit and, and deal with coaches all the time, but I don't have my own team. Yeah, I'm a I'm a basketball commentator. I sit and talk about it, but I don't have my own team. So it's it's odd to hear a guy that's not in charge of anything talk about leadership. But even within my organization at ESPN, I think you have to understand what what your colleagues are going through so you can be helpful to them. And you know, how are you going to be the best that you can be if you're not if you're not appreciating what another colleague is going through? And I used to I learned this years ago as a player that Hey man, just because you're just because you're on the same bus doesn't mean you're taking the same trip. That there are a lot of there are a lot of things going on within any organization, and so you can have you can think everything's going great sitting in your seat, 
and and there there are guys in the back of that bus or at the front of the bus that are taking a totally different trip. Well, well, you may be on a winning streak, but somebody's really struggling. Maybe they're injured and feel separated from the team, or maybe they're not playing as well, or maybe they've got a a personal problem off the floor that's really affecting them, and you could be of a of positive influence on that. And and you have to be aware of what everyone else is going through if you want to be of any help at all. Uh, and I think that's true of of leadership, if you're in a position of leadership. But it's also it's maybe even more true of being a great teammate. Man, you know, <laughs> tough uh, toughness is thoughtfulness, mm. and that was <laughs> something that just as I was listening to him in the beginning and talking about the, thinking about the hotel, um, and thinking about the custodial staff in the gym. And it's like, toughness is thoughtfulness. And thoughtfulness is a part of humility and empathy when you think about it, right? Mm -hmm. And being thoughtful requires, you know, humility, requires, you know, empathy, willing to listen to someone else. Um, And I think that's that's a rare perspective, right? right? We don't think that actually we're showing strength when we're, thinking of someone else or sometimes being willing to maybe take the step back, you know, um, from being the limelight or the star in the moment to allow someone else um, to lead or just allow someone else to be the focus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think to your point, exactly. Real strength um, and real toughness is getting things done, right? Solving problems and getting things done. And I love that both Jay and Carly talk about what is required to get things done, other people. And how do you engage other people? You don't just tell them what to do. I mean, we've all been in that situation. You try to tell somebody what to do. That doesn't go nearly as well as saying, hey, where are you today? How are you today? Um, Can I help you? And then can you help me? Mm -hmm. And if you want to get things done, that is such a more fruitful approach And yet it's one that we don't often talk about explicitly. And so the way that Carly explains it is this idea that if you if you want to get things done, you have to work with other people. If you want to work with other people, you have to start from a place of humility. So you first have to say, I understand I cannot do it alone. So things worth doing, you can't do by yourself. And the second is to say, once you've realized I can't do it by myself, the second piece is to say, let me understand the people around me so that let me have empathy. Let me um, understand the trip that they're taking on the bus that may be different than mine. Uh, and then let me work with them to figure out how our strengths complement one another, how we can um, fill in for each other's weaknesses or gaps. And then let's go get this done together. Totally, totally. And then the, and the piece that he meant, talked about um, in regards to like asking the young people. You know, and talking mm-hmm. about their perception, you know, young people really, you know, don't want to do. Um, but, you know, they will surprise us, you know, if we just ask them. And it's so true. Um, and it's the thing about that is we often don't realize that, you know, asking someone, mm-hmm. right, is ex- also extending opportunity. Right. That's right. It's 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 engaging someone and it's it's giving them options, right? And that process can often be the start or a step um, in starting to unlock someone's potential, you know, and opening them up um, to opportunity. And I think oftentimes, you know, folks aren't willing to truly 
engage with other people and collaborate in a you know in a in a true sense. We, it's easier to sort of be strong. And, That's right. And um, speak from our place of confidence and strength, you know, um, and what makes us uh, feel powerful. Um, Versus being willing to ask someone else to be engaged in the process or engaged um, in, in in the experience. Well, you make a perfect point, and it's a perfect segue into the next clip here, Jeffrey, because I do think when we talk about humility and empathy, one thing Carly says um, that I've really tried to to embody is this idea that humility is not um, false modesty, and it is not um, hiding your light under a bushel. Uh, so you can still be humble and have opinions, right? So you can do the things you want to do that your job requires, like Jay's requires. He's a commentator. He has to share his opinion. He has to advocate for his beliefs. Um, but you can do it in a way that is still thoughtful um, and empathetic toward others. And so Jay and Carly actually talked um, talked a decent amount about that. You know, my job is to go and give my opinion. And I'm giving my opinion on teams and coaches and, and the rules of the game, the way the game's administered, uh, you know, NCAA issues. And then I, I also serve in other ways where I'm on, I'm on different committees. Like I'm on the, the competition committee for the NCAA that deals with basketball rules of play. And now when I say something on the air and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stand and say that here's a rule that needs to be changed and why. Now, one could argue that that's not a very humble position. You just said you just said you've made a judgment on this, and and that's the way it is. Well, if I'm going to advocate something, I'm going to take a strong position on it. Now, when I'm in a committee room and we're dealing with with the issue and we're dealing with a whole bunch of people that are really well versed in it, I'm not standing up shaking my fist at everybody saying, "Here's the way it should be." You know, you're respectful of trying to build consensus and and have a really good discussion and maybe spirited discussion about things and then building consensus to reach the right result. And that's where I think, uh, I think you have to show that kind of, as you put it, humility or empathy, that uh, I have a point of view, but I'm, I'm going to listen to your point of view, and we'll reach the right result. And, and it, we, may, we may differ on things. It's certainly not going to affect our, our working relationship and our personal relationship. We can, we can disagree without being disagreeable. But when I'm on TV... Uh, and, and I'm talking about, I'm saying, you know, I think Kansas is the number one team. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, well, you know, in my opinion, Kansas is the number one team. I don't know. What do you think? You know, you're not, you're not going to do it that way. When I was practicing law full time, uh, I stood up in front of a judge one time and I said, in my opinion. And one of my more learned colleagues said, don't ever say in my opinion yeah, again. That's his judge. job, not yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be giving the, the facts and the law to the judge. You, you need to have made a judgment on things and, and to present the present the facts. Your opinion is not necessary. Yes, he'll, he'll render one eventually, <laughs> assuming it was a he at the but, time. But I took that even further in, in my job. Like, I don't step up uh, to a microphone during a game. And if I say, if I want to say that uh, that that Johnny Jones is the best player in the country, I don't say, you know, in my opinion, Johnny Jones is the best player in the country. But reasonable minds can differ. And I'm just going to say Johnny Jones is the best player in the country. And if somebody differs, I'll let them say what they think. But but I, if if that's what my opinion is and my judgment on a player, I'm going to state that with with some authority. Yeah. And uh, and people may mistake that for pomposity, which they they're free to do. But but I don't. I certainly don't mean it that way. That makes me think of my mother used to always say growing up, do not mistake my kindness for weakness. Yes, right. yes, yep. <laughs> 
you know, I can I can be willing to listen to your perspective. I can um, be willing to uh, sort of, you know, um, change and evolve on my perspective. But that does not necessarily mean that I'm not tough um, or or that I, or that I'm weak. And the flip side, what you know, Jay talked about, um, being standing firm on your um, opinion. Um, is, you know, is also um, not opposite of toughness, right? It's not, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's not always a negative thing, right? So for the folks that, you know, you know, I don't want to be too tough. I don't want to be hard. I don't want to be offensive. Well, we all have opinions because we all have perspectives and we all have lived experiences. So being firm and confident in your lived experience in your in your perspective does not require you to not be willing to be open um, to hear and receive from others perspectives right and be a part of a collective I think that's exactly right so if if don't mistake my kindness for weakness is you know your your grandmother's perspective I think the the other side is don't mistake my confidence for arrogance yes right? and and it is a fine line I mean I think we all recognize arrogance when we see it um, and and that that is truly the opposite of humility. That's I'm unwilling to listen to the people around me. I'm unwilling to be empathetic and understand where they're coming from. Uh, but that is not the same as I have an opinion and I'm going to stand by it. That's actually an essential part of toughness. But, you know, as in many things, Carly says this all the time, balance is the art of leadership. It's the same thing here. You want to be... You want to be confident. You want to be sure of yourself. You want to have done the research such that the things you're saying are grounded in reality. But you also want to be open to the perspective of others. You want to recognize that you may know a lot of things, but you don't know everything. And the people around you have a lot to contribute. Definitely. And and it requires, you know, we talk, you know, talk a lot about context. And it's important to even in that to have a full awareness of the context um, that you're engaging with folks, that you're speaking, that you're dealing with your team and your staff, right? Because um, it's really important. We can also sometimes have a um, silo tunnel view lens of what's going on um, around us in our organizations and our families and our communities. And we feel like, oh, I got to come through there, come in ready to just bulldoze and burn the house down, right? That's I need to, you know, um, be strong and tough in that way. Um, and not maybe have taken a step to really understand the landscape around us and also the experiences of the other people that we are engaged with and working with to know how we should, what's the best way to communicate um, and support so that we create an environment that's truly collaborative. Well, that's right, because the next step after humility and empathy and recognizing you need other folks is how do you communicate with them? How do you talk to them? Um, and how do you actually move from the realization of, I don't know everything, I need help, to actually working with and collaborating with somebody to solve a problem? Every coach that I cover has my phone number. And I give my phone number to every official that I ever talk to and encourage them that if you hear something that you don't like, if you think that I've gotten a rule wrong, if you don't like my tone, if you think I was wrong, pick up the phone and call me. And I promise you it'll be well received and we'll work it out. Uh, and, and that's been really helpful. You know, every once in a while, like I think my job is to say the right thing at the right time and in the right tone. Now, sometimes I get the tone wrong more than anything. Uh, and that's that's a really important factor, I think, in communication is your tone. Uh, 
Um, and so I try to tonally be right all the time. And that, that's not always easy. It's not always easy to make a strong statement and not have it come off as being maybe angry or, or something like that. That can be tricky. Uh, but but I'm always open to criticism and always open to you may not I may not like it all the time, but I'm always like if if I'm willing to accept praise, I better be willing to accept criticism. And 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 it, the way I do it with criticism is if it's right and it's reasonable, I deal with it. If it's unreasonable, I dismiss it right away and I don't worry about it. But if it's right, you got to deal with it. And if it's reasonable, you have to consider it no matter the source. And I. I I try to stick by that. I don't always, but I try to stick by that. Yeah. I think like tone, I mean, mm-hmm. man, yeah, tone matters. We know that. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. you know that in conversations, <laughs> communicating with people. The thing that's interesting that stood out to me is, and that is, it came to me, is like tone isn't just verbal, you know, yeah, and how right. we say, or even, you know, the nonverbal body movements. It's also our actions. Mm-hmm. You know, actions speak louder than words. And I thought about it. He started off talking about, well, you know, I, I give the, the uh, what was it, the referees. I give the, my phone number. I give the coaches. I, do you have a disagreement with a call? You know, that's access. That's send, sig- sending a signal that, yeah, I'm standing firm in my opinion, but here I'm accessible. Yep. And I'm willing to stand in the light of day. And if you have criticism, um, you have feedback, I'm open to hear it. And if I need to move um, here, I'm accessible and reachable, so you can have access to move me. That's right. You know that sets a a, a true tone. That's right. of sh- of, of strength, um, but that's also open. Open, yes. Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, he is he is very much firm in his beliefs because, and this this part I love because he was prepared. He did his research, and he's not just making things up. Um, and, and therefore he should be firm, right? We want opinions that are grounded in fact and experience like his. So I love that. But to your point, also, I'm open. And I think he does a good job. Um, at one point, he talks a little bit about the criticism um, that he listens to and the criticism he dismisses. And I think the way Carly frames that up is criticism versus feedback, right? So criticism, true criticism is just intended to tear you down. Feedback is intended to build you up. It's intended to make you a better person at the end of the day. And so I think, you know, you have to evaluate when you hear when you hear feedback, is it truly intended to make you a better a better person, a better player, a better coach, a better commentator, or is it meant to make you feel bad? Because if it's meant to make you feel bad, that's not communication. That is not feedback. It's just criticism. Yes. And assessing when you're giving feedback. You know, where, where, where's the place that it's coming from and is it coming from a place of, of criticism? And one of the ways you can know that is if if you're um, eager to give that feedback, stand strong on your opinion, but you're just as eager also it, to get away and <laughs> out of the scenario, away for the person to go hide yeah. after you've <laughs> stood strong on your opinion, then you might be more so coming to criticize and not really be coming from a place of standing tough and strong um, because you're not able to actually be open and deal with the the feedback and the heat that might come. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think, again, you know, it's balance is the art of leadership, strength, but openness. You need a little bit of both. Um, and I think you're exactly right that that there are ways that you can tell if you're truly open, if you're being strong in a way that is um, humble and empathetic, or if you're being strong in a way that's arrogant. Oh, we see and, a lot these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about, you know, um, lots of the folks, you know, I guess, what's the word they call them? The trolls, I guess, you know, <laughs> that hide in social media that's and have right. lots of strong things to say over the platforms. But you can't find them in real life. <laughs> that's right. Yep, they've made up names. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. In the comment section, I don't go there anymore. It's a dark place. It's a dark place. Uh, so I love how Carly and Jay wrapped up their conversation um, where they talked about what it really takes to, to get ahead. So taking everything that they have talked about when it comes to toughness and teamwork, humility, empathy, strength, um, And then they kind of wrapped it up into this idea of taking all of that, if you want to achieve, if you want to solve problems um, and you want to get ahead, what do you do? The other thing that I think you're demonstrating that I uh, like to remind people of is that you can't look up to somebody else to make it better. You Mm -hmm. need to look within and around. People who understand a problem usually know best how to fix it (laughs) if they'll get about the business of fixing it. And uh, all of which is to say that if the purpose of leadership is problem solving, it actually isn't about, to your point, where you are in an organization or what your title is. It's are you bringing everything you have to the table and are you willing to roll your sleeves up and work with others to make something better? And and I, I get a lot I get a lot from young people, especially in basketball, about how do I rise up? And how do I, you know, how do I get ahead? And they're, they're thinking about networking and how do I meet more people and do this? And how do you meet more people? Show up and work. Yep. Show up and work and solve problems yeah. right in front of you. It, show up at a basketball camp and work. Yep. And and don't worry about in what capacity. And and I, I've always, I, I found it remarkable in my own my own career that the, the people that I was coming up with, while everyone was concentrating on the people above them and trying to impress the people above them, uh, they weren't as mindful, and I probably wasn't as mindful of the people sitting right next to me. And I, you know, I I got a really low level job when I was in college. I worked as a production assistant for ABC Sports for the the Olympics uh, in in Los Angeles in 1984. And I was just you know just out of my sophomore year of college. And the guys, the the people that I worked with, uh, are the people that are running uh, running different operations in in media right now. And uh, I hope I was nice to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think I was, but but you know, instead of thinking about hey, the people I'm sitting in class with, they're going to be running these places someday, and uh, and so it's not just about like that's a, that's networking is is hang out with the people you're with now, and wow. don't worry about don't worry about the folks that are running the company because they're going to be out by the time you get older and get up. Yeah, you know, it, uh, I started out as a secretary in a little real estate firm, and people will say to me, well, what was your plan to be a CEO? And well, I didn't have a plan to be a CEO. I just put my head down and did my job and solved problems. And I frequently say to young people, get a job, any job, and do a good job. Mm-hmm. And if you do a really good job, somebody's going to take notice. I've seen so many people derailed because they spent all their time looking up mm-hmm. and trying to get ahead instead of doing the job right in front of them with the people right next to them. Jay, thank you so much for being here. You not only have spoken eloquently about leadership in all its many facets, 
toughness, communication, empathy. You've written eloquently about it, spoken eloquently about it today and on many other occasions, but you also demonstrate it. And I'm really honored that you joined me today. Well, I couldn't be more honored, Carly. And, and thank you for, for having me because I'm a, a huge admirer of yours. And having you say those things, even though they may not be true, is, They're is, true. is, is They're really, true. really meaningful to me. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thanks. I love that. I mean, I when I was work, years ago working with young people directly in schools and community, um, and folks, you know, when I was asked, always asked the question, you know, how do I get ahead? How do I get people? I always say, yeah, show up. Keep mm-hmm. showing up. And the thing about showing up is showing up isn't just me, right? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> well, nobody knows you're there if you don't talk to them, if you don't engage with them, right? Yeah. You might be in the room, and even I might have seen you in the room, but if I haven't had the opportunity to connect with you, then you haven't truly shown up. And so, and it may, you know, that made me also think, you know, it's important to show up, but then also, you know, you rise up. He said, how do I rise up? Well, you rise up by lifting up. You truly rise mm-hmm. up by lifting up other people. And that has been one of the lessons of my life and career that I've truly learned. And that once, when I've had the opportunity to step into um, traditional public, you know, leadership roles in community, that I was most effective in those roles because previously I did continue to show up, do the work that I was doing, and invested in the people that I was doing the work with at that time and was able to truly, um, you know, take everything away I could from those experiences. And so that when I was given the opportunity to lead, I was truly ready and I wasn't alone. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think this is where the connection between toughness and leadership really shows itself. Um, Because being tough in Jay's, you know, definition of it, which I, you know, I read a little bit more of his, his article, and if he has many, many different ways of describing toughness, but I'll, I'll just highlight a couple that I think fit nicely with, with what you're saying, Jeffrey, and with the way that we think about leadership. Uh, so one is, it's not your shot, it's our shot. Hmm. One is get to your teammate first. So when your teammate lays his body on the line to dive on the floor, or take a charge, the tough players get to him first to help him back up. Yes. I love that. Another one is take responsibility for your teammates. So tough ex- players expect a lot from their teammates, but they all also put them first. So when the bus, bus leaves at 9 a.m., tough players not only get themselves there, but they also make sure their teammates are up and get there too. I love that. Then there's throw yourself into your team's defense. A tough player fills his tank on the defensive end, not on offense. Right? Mm. So he's he's around and he's, again, taking responsibility and supporting the team. And then the last one here, and again, he's got more, but the last one I highlighted was uh, take and give criticism the right way, right? So again, it's about communication that is based on humility and empathy. And at the end of the day, that is how we think about leadership too. That's how we think about strength and problem solving um, and getting things done is it takes all of those things, but it largely takes humility, empathy, and communication as a starting point. Yes. We have to be, you have to be willing um, to build other people up, right, in order to build yourself up, right? You, <laughs> what are you going to stand on, <laughs> right? You can't, you can't rise high just by yourself. You can, there got to be somebody building and helping to support the infrastructure under you. That's right. And I'm, I was over here nodding. I realized nobody can see that, but I was nodding furiously because <laughs> I think that's exactly right. 
And I think actually, I think that is a perfect way way to wrap it up today. Um, so uh, for for now, that's that's all. But you can always check out more episodes online at CarlyFiorina.com or on iTunes. Please subscribe so you can get all the latest episodes. And while you're there, please rate us five stars if you enjoy the podcast as much as we do. And give us a review so more people can join our conversations. You can find more information and keep up to date on our new episodes and offers by joining our email list at CarlyFiorina.com slash by example. You can also send us feedback there. We really love feedback. We want to hear the stories of the leaders in your community who are solving the problems right in front of them. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Carly Fiorina. Also, go to CarlyFiorina.com to pre-order Carly's new book on leadership. It's fantastic. I've had an opportunity to read it already. It's called Find Your Way, Unleash Your Power, and Highest Potential. And join us next week for a new episode. Fox News Chairman Roger Ailes is responding to a lawsuit filed by lawyers for Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen Carlson is accusing Ailes of sexual harassment and wrongful termination after the company reports her contract was not renewed in June. You have to remember that when I did what I did on July 6, 2016, there was no Me Too movement. There no, was no, you were about there all I by was, yourself. I was all by myself, taking on one of the most powerful people in the world. And um, so... <laughs> there, there was no safety net below me, or so I thought. So on behalf of Carly Fiorina, my wonderful co-host Jeffrey, my wonderful producer Eric, I'm Casey Enders, and this is By Example. <laughs>